How old must an actor get before they're too old to play a high school student? For actor, singer, and songwriter Ben Platt, the age was 27. Reprising his Broadway role as Evan Hansen for the film adaptation of the musical Dear Evan Hansen, released in 2021. A tweet from at Chloe Koslowski. Quote, Ben playing Evan Hansen in the movie is going to make me less forgiving of Evan's actions. Instead of seeing a 17-year-old making mistakes, I'm seeing a grown-ass man lying. End quote. The film was a flop, with reviews criticizing casting choices as well as the story of the film overall. So, is 27 the magic number where we can no longer suspend our age-related disbelief? Maybe, but that sure wasn't the case in 1978 when the hit musical film Grease took the world by storm. This adaptation of a Broadway musical about high schoolers featured the then 28-year-old Olivia Newton-John playing the female lead Sandy, despite her own misgivings about playing a teenager at that age. The casting worked, as no contemporary reviews questioned the ages of Newton-John or several members of the supporting cast, the oldest of which was Stockard Channing, the 33-year-old actress playing Rizzo. Perhaps reviewers were distracted by the film's soundtrack, which became the second best-selling album of 1978. Of all the hit songs on that album, only one earned the movie an Oscar nomination for Best Original Song, and would have never come to light if not for contractual obligations. You can't just get Olivia Newton-John attached to your film by waving money around. You have to make some deals. The deal for Grease was simple. Newton-John gets a solo number. The film production team dragged their feet on this part of the agreement, leaving it up to Newton-John's personal producer, John Farrer, to write and produce the piece. Farrer submitted his work to the team, and they were not keen on it, but eventually agreed to shoot it. The tender ballad was the last scene shot for the movie. The song hit number three on the Billboard Hot 100, number seven on the adult contemporary charts, and number 20 on the country charts. The song became so popular that I honestly forgot it was from Greece until this week. That's right, in honor of Olivia Newton-John, we're talking hopelessly devoted to you this week on Cover Me. That's right, it's Cover Me, the only podcast that compares famous songs to their many cover versions to find out which one has nowhere to hide. I'm your host, as always, The Snake, joined by my heartbroken co-host. Alex Mildenberger. Alex Mildenberger. Sad sounds. John Travolta broke your heart, huh? Yeah, that was a long time ago. Long time ago. Alex, how you doing? How you been? Uh, Been alright. You've been alright. You know? It's, it's it's still technically summer, but it's September when this is coming out. It is. Yep. We're we're <laughs> we're through. We're through the entrepreneurial summer stuff. Of one more year of business down. Yeah. And now the the unofficial tradition of September, catching up with everybody who died. Yep. Yep. It's a happy month for that reason. It is a happy month. Last year it was Bismarcky and Meatloaf. This year we've got Olivia Newton John. Um, and others? Alex, and others, probably. Alex, are you a big ONJ fan? Ange? Not really. I know of her big hits. Yeah, physical. I don't know them. This one? Yeah. Well, I know this song. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's from, you know, Greece, right? From she's Greece. in Greece. Like, that's the only thing I really know her from. Yeah, and if you look at her, really like, top her. five. Oh, I have Xanadu on uh, vinyl. Yeah. We got that That's at a garage something. sale. Oh, from... Yeah, okay. Yeah. 
Because that's with uh, ELO as well. So I know that one, but I don't know the Olivia Newton-John version. I know the just ELO version. Oh, yeah, because like Xanadu and Physical, those are like the big ones that kind of trickle through into general pop culture, I think. Yes. The ones that I know about anyway. For sure, those are the ones. And yeah, like this is it. Uh, it. In terms of other things that, like, what I'm familiar with, of hers and like Greece was pretty big deal right it's a big yeah. musical oh, yeah huge yeah did you watch did you i've i've you have a Greece face time in my life no i i've seen pieces of Greece. i've seen like the tell me more scene a bit of the the start of the movie and i've seen them fly in the car at the end i sure. just this week watched the movie in full <laughs> for Thoughts? the first time <laughs> um good lord i just <laughs> One, everyone in that movie looks like a grown adult. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's um, it's very strange, and and that's something I've definitely heard get pointed out. But like it, it's hard to understate how strange it is that like they're definitely like late twenties to thirties. Yeah, every one of them, every single one. It's, there's like a scene early on where like Olivia Newton-John is in the like the teacher's office trying to find where classes or something, and she's standing by like a like a member of the staff and i'm like this just looks like two teachers standing beside each other like there is no difference in age like like they do some things to try to make them look younger i think mostly with the makeup because like i was watching a uh, an olivia newton john performance on tv from the same era and she doesn't look mm. the same like some of it is just that she looks like it's actually like 1978 or whatever um yeah instead of the 50s generically 50s, right but you know there's like makeup differences but yeah it's it's uh apparently it's a bit soft jarring. lens was also pretty key oh yeah and the lighting probably yeah. lighting so yeah just all of these tricks um alex were you did you have a big grease phase i had my sister brought it into the house oh, of course um and uh we all kind of got into it you know um the I, songs I are the very title catchy track fucking shreds like the like the intro the yeah the barry gibbs one grease yeah barry gibbs wrote it and frankie yeah. valley sang it that's right so it's like yeah those are big names those are huge names um, yeah that that track like i yeah, knew is the word, and then is the finding out that it was for grease because i didn't know the lyrics i just like knew the song i was like <laughs> was this song's that too cool for grease <laughs> always confused me because it it feels different from the rest of it it does right and I was like, wait, did they take the song and use it in the movie? And it's just coincidence or like it when I was young, that was like Greece. a big question to me. Right. It was like, was the song for the movie? Was the movie for the song? And I didn't know it was a stage musical, I don't think at the time. So, no. Yeah. I was just a very confused person in general. But we sang a lot of the songs. Um, the Grease soundtrack got a lot of play and various, you know, a lot of Grease Lightning and, and, and Summer oh, yeah. Nights and all that. Yeah, and I knew um, Grease Lightning actually sang that as a member of the grade four choir in my school. <laughs> really? Did they <laughs> yeah, change no, the words? Of, yes, naturally words were changed. <laughs> uh, there was no talk yeah. about pussy wagons. Or, or getting lots of tit, I think. is the... Lots of tit, I think, is a line in there. It was crazy. My Our music teacher in elementary would constantly make us sing like very inappropriate songs that had been altered. We sang... Um, Mm, something from Chicago. Oh, okay. It's just and all that jazz. 
Oh, all that jazz. Ooh. Yeah, because there's a there's it's a noisy bar where the something is cold, like the beer is cold or something. Probably changed it to the ice is cold, okay. <laughs> but the piano's hot, and you're like, okay, all right, ice is cold here, unlike other places. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, Greece was always around me, but I never mainlined it in any form. Yeah, I definitely, I've definitely seen it a number of times. So Alex, what, what are the top Grease time. tracks? Top Grease tracks? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I just listed all the ones I remember. So Right, Grease Lightning, Summer Nights. Yeah. And I, like, yeah, I knew that one, too. There's a hand jive in oh, there. Th- I watched that hand jive scene, man. I thought I knew what the hand jive was. I have no idea now what the hand jive is. Just jive with your hands, man. Kind of, the but name. then they're, like, picking ladies up, and they're True. using their legs. And you're like, what the fuck? Yes, I realized recently I don't really know how to dance to fast rock and roll from the like like old school rock and roll right um and i i was gonna learn and i forgot you forgot Alex. like what's the what's the dance what's the move well, you're too- you're in luck there's not really many I'm sock hops going on anymore so you're not gonna really run into a scenario where you need that style of dance <sighs> but like what if i do i guess also other weird things to point out that movie super horny yeah and with yeah, a lot is. of ostensibly underage people <laughs> yeah uh i mean i was reading up about the musical and it supposedly was like considered pretty like raunchy at the time and the musical yeah. was from 71 right. originally so that's not that far removed from this uh production mm-hmm. uh, and i don't really know how much they changed it but yeah it was supposed to be i guess it was supposed to be like this is what teens are like and i can't speak to 1971 but this is not my teenage experience which also is maybe not the most because uh, we had either. more shit to do like i was, I was watching it and i was just like yeah. all these guys do is drive cars fuck and make up dances <laughs> like there's literally just a scene where two of the guys are like hey uh, daddy check out this dance we're doing and <laughs> they do like a little cheer routine basically because <laughs> they have like a rhyme to go with it true we got a lot more just like random shit you can do for entertainment that isn't like yeah. throwing rocks at things Exactly, or doing illegal street races. That was a twist yeah. to see that there was just a street race that the teenagers were doing, and then also one teacher showed up to like cheer him on. <laughs> Insane. Is there a teacher in that? Yeah. Yeah, um, the the oh, old wow. lady, like the shop class teacher, is like, "Let's go, boys." All right, Tokyo Drift around that. Yeah, um, yeah, but yeah. I, I haven't watched it in a long time. Film. I, um, I have. <sighs> Having not watched in a long time, I I, I heard a, an a, appraisal of it recently from someone, I don't even remember where, um, that said like the story actually kind of sucks, but like oh, it sucks huge. It's uh, the music is about as catchy as can be, so it's it's a weird distance yeah. between that. It's like it's very music, weird. Great, very catchy. Can sing along to it. We'll always remember it. But then it's like the rest of it's like it's there. Cause like yeah, the plot goes like these two meet on summer. They they have a little romance, and then they reconnect here. And the weirdest thing is that reconnection point is like where the conflict begins, right? Cause she yeah. shows up and she's like, "Oh my god, Danny," and he's like, "Oh my god, Sandy." But then he looks behind him and remembers that his boys are there, and so he's like, "Hey, what's going on? Hey, what's up with you?" He just like becomes. <laughs> A fucking like yes, a he's minor gotta be cool. dickhead. <laughs> yeah, he's got to be cool. And then she's like horrified by this. And she's like, "Oh my god, I wish I never met you." 
and that's their break point because he's like, what's up with me? What's up with you? And then she's like, this is insane. Yeah, Which, those, are, yeah. Those, are, those are funny lines because, <laughs> I mean, they seem so strange now, maybe. Yeah, um, they're, it just and it seems so innocuous that it that's what sets them apart. Yeah, it's supposed to, like, you're acting kind of weird. Like, I don't understand... But, yeah, cause it's uh, not like he says get lost or anything. He's yeah. just doing like, or like hey, let's posturing. see, let's see some, see some titties or something. Like something that would be, yeah, you know, something horrendous. More obscene. Um, it yeah. was, uh, yeah, it yeah. was a strange. And then eventually, her whole like arc is that she figures out she needs to wear leather pants and do her hair. Yeah, I think. I mean, at the end, it's kind of like they they did both realize they need to change or they both change for each other but they didn't need to is that oh, true yeah, it's, a, it's like a gift of the magi yeah it's like i gave up my being cool right because be he more became like a track you. star and she became just more a cool different kind like, of cool yeah he's running and i don't know yeah or she like solves whatever. her thing overnight she's just like listen frenchie come do me up Let's curl this hair. Let's curl this hair, and it's gonna make things work. Wear some leather pants. Um, yeah, it's insane. It's in the the plot is yeah varying between non-existent and insane. And also, having recently watched the Elvis movie where the the plane takes off, and he's like, mm, sometimes the bird never lands till he dies, and that's like the death we get for Elvis in that film. Having these two take off in the car at the end had that kind of hanging over it for me. <laughs> they die. They- <laughs> Fan theory that everyone dies in the end of Greece. <laughs> exactly. You know how but, they go uh, up? Yeah. Up is where heaven is. Fan theory. Up is Boom. where heaven is. Is that where... And they, is this where uh, Billy Joel got the inspiration for Brenda and Eddie? The popular steadies in The King and the Queen of the Prom? Maybe. They wave I mean, them off. It's kind of a stereotypical like 50s story, I think. I suppose so. But Alex, we really got to talk about the song "Hopelessly right. Devoted about to the You" song. itself. You like the song? You give a shit about this song? Um, care, I definitely didn't like it back in the day. No. Um, I was not really into the slower ones, for sure. Oh yeah. Um, this and like "Stranded at the Drive-In." Yeah, that one still sucks. Not... I think. <laughs> yeah, I remember my sister not liking "Stranded at the Drive-In." Um, I just skipped it. You know. Also, he's not stranded. He has a car. Like. Yeah. He's abandoned on. at the drive-in. Yeah. But like, he's in the middle of the city, right? Or exactly. Maybe not the like, of the city. Uh, and and surrounded by vehicles, he's at the drive-in. Even if his car was broken down. <laughs> but like There's that staff scene on site, like, is still yeah. like always like my biggest. Like anytime I'm. Which is rare at a drive-in. Uh, yeah, I still always think of that. I've only been right. to drive-ins like once or twice in my life, though. Yeah, I think me too. Just the once. Yeah, just the once. I was there. We were there together at the drive-in. With uh, with uh, previous guest, recurring guest, John Bell. Yeah, in Enderby. In Enderby, of all places. Watching Monsters University. What a time. Using other people's car audio because we couldn't quite figure it out on our own. <laughs> something didn't they have yeah anyway drive in talk about the song this let's song. talk about the song alex this song would, yeah i would i was shocked to play it this because i like knew of the song again like the grease in the popular culture is just around it's in the air 
and I was like, yeah, oh yeah, hopelessly devoted to you. And then it, I was like, boom, put, let's put together a playlist. I hit play, and the, the fucking country guitar out the bat. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's it's a yeah. country song? <laughs> As you mentioned, notable because it's one of the songs in the movie that was written for the movie. And not just written for the movie, but written for Olivia Newton-John. Yeah. Um, so it's a little bit different from the rest. Although, I mean, it's still good to sing along to. Like, it still works as, like, a pop song. Oh, yeah. It's very simple. And, like, yeah, instrumentally, we'll talk about it. It's mostly just, like, arpeggios. It's really a yeah. vocal showcase. Yeah. All the focus is on is on Olivia Newton-John. And, like, lyrically, um, John Ferrer or whatever. I saw a quote from when he's... And that's me kind of loosely looking at the linguistic pronunciation and being like, I don't know how to read this, but it's got far in one section and then the a dash and then the R. So I'm guessing far R. Far R. It's mentioned like it took him a long time to write and like he was using a rhyming dictionary and like busted out thesaurus and like was trying to make it all work. And it's like, Sure. I, I'm surprised, though, because there's not, like, a bunch of clever wordplay in here, uh, I didn't think. Yeah, there's two songs we've talked about now, including this one, that have used uh, rhyming dictionary extensively. The other is Blinded by the Light. Yeah, which is, like, dance. Dance. Whereas this one is, yeah, very simple, but I guess, like, yeah, it's it's I, it's pretty well structured. It's Yeah, it's not mind-blowing, but... Yeah, I guess when you've got that assignment, you're like, oh fuck, this is going in a big movie, and like, I've got to. I not only that, you have to make it kind of fit in loosely with everything else in the film, right? Yeah, and you're time limited by production or whatever. Yeah, so like, I can get the stress, and I can I can <laughs> see why he would turn to a rhyming dictionary and be like, we got to knock this out. Yeah, and I guess maybe the big trick is making it look like he didn't do anything at all. That's right. Was making it look seamless and easy. Yeah. And it begins as such. He says, Guess mine is not the first heart broken. My eyes are not the first to cry. I'm not the first to know. There's just no getting over you. We're just telling telling the story, right? Mm-hmm. Of of the movie. One of her big hang ups is she realizes that Danny's not who she thought he was. Did I did we mention the that John Travolta and Olivia Newton John's characters are named Danny and Sandy? That's I think loosely. I, I'm not really, um, like, hammering out the the character names of yeah. Greece because I think people know that. But, yeah. Yeah. Danny That's the Zuko names. and Sandy. Oh. The Hills. name changed between the, the play and the movie. I know that. Okay. The weird thing is... And, hey, do you know in the original play, is she from Australia and that as well? No, she's not. She's from, like, okay. a neighborhood over something. Or, like... Yeah, she's not from Australia. They changed that right. for Olivia Newton-John. For Olivia Newton-John, who's Australian. But also, like, her Australian accent isn't that strong. No. The, it kind of comes fair. in on a few lines, you'll hear it, and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, like, I guess she is Australian. But for the most part, it's like, oh, yeah. Definitely when she's whatever. singing, it's not as present. Yeah. Um, but basically, she's, she's a bit hung up on the fact that he's, like, been in a lot of relationships. Yeah, so she's she's saying like mine's not the first heartbroken by you is like yeah. the rest of that, and she should, she's not the first one to cry over this guy, um, and she's she's not the only one still hung up on him. She's like I am one of many who have, yeah. who have been hurt, and also implying that like everyone is like oh Danny's so great everyone would have a horrible like couldn't get over him. Yeah, it's like maybe 
maybe it's just so cool such a cool greaser yeah but part of that just shows like how i guess into him she was in this summer yeah. romance yeah perhaps even hopelessly devoted to perhaps him. even hopelessly you know i'm just a fool who's willing to sit around and wait for you but baby can't you see there's nothing else for me to do i'm hopelessly devoted to you yeah uh, i always wish i have uh secondary examples but it's like this idea of like not being able to do anything else after a breakup just sitting around and like ah that was a relationship wish that was still going on yeah just being like ah damn and and being like well maybe maybe things will turn around she's willing to sit around and wait so she's actually like yeah let it play out a bit even though she also immediately gets a, a new guy in the film but yeah, who was the new... I'm trying to, I don't remember that scene. Though. Fucking Ted or something. He's on the football team. Some guy on the football team. Oh, is that why he goes and becomes a track star? Yeah. Because he's like, I could run faster than that guy. And he's like, no, you couldn't. You suck. He's like, no. Oh. He goes and join, he like joins gym class, I guess, because he just usually skips. And the gym teacher's like, no smoking cigarettes in here, and you can't be wearing a leather jacket. And he's like, hey. And then he... I thought Engage- gym class was cool. Cool. And so he engages in combat in almost every sport, and the guy's like, he can't keep fighting these students. Why don't you do track? And he's like, all right, cool. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I remember that part. I remember him being on the like track field. Yeah. And not being able to smoke. It'd be wild uh, if he was doing track and smoking a cigarette. <laughs> but she was kind of trying to make him jealous, wasn't she? With the Yeah, with that the was guy? some of the idea yeah. there. So, I mean, that's also kind of part of the story is, like, as much as they're, like, sort of both fighting, they're both is still into each other and, like, want to make it work. But for whatever reason, their circumstances don't allow them to say what they mean. Yeah, it's, like, predominantly teenage insecurity that stops them from just yeah. getting together right away. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, yeah, she's willing to sit around and wait. Um, cause she's, 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 she can't do anything else. She's hopelessly devoted to this person. We've talked about this idea in other songs. My brain is racking itself trying to think of one. Yeah. You know, other songs about hopeless devotion. Yeah. I, the only one that comes to mind that's not accurate is love really hurts without you. Eh, it's a little bit. It's like, it's, it's, it's about, adjacent. it's about on, on, unrequited love yeah which is kind of what what's going on here but or that's what the feeling is right same same that's what the song expresses even if it's not what's happening yeah um and then of course but now there's nowhere to hide since you push my love aside i'm out of my head hopelessly devoted to you hopelessly devoted to you hopelessly devoted to you devoted to you yes this is uh, uh part of the vulnerability she's like expressed her expressed her love and but it was rejected, and now everyone can see. And it, yeah, or, she's, or, she's yeah. now in a weird space. She's out of her head. She's not in her comfort zone, because despite having her love pushed aside, she is still in love with this dude. And it's like, well, what do you do with that? What do you do? What do you do? Uh? And uh, she's just hopelessly devoted to you a bunch. A bunch. I don't know why. It's confusing. It doesn't yeah. make much sense. No, I'm kidding. Um, verse two, Alex. She says what, what what she's feeling. My head is saying, fool, forget him. My heart is saying, don't let go. Hold on till the end. And that's what I intend to do. I'm hopelessly devoted to you. Um, Here's 
the song it's similar to um the end of the world by skeeter davis Ah, uh, yes who also does a cover of this but it wasn't that interesting so it didn't make the cut today yeah i'm not that surprised but yeah similar concept right similar. it's like you rejected me but life still goes on and i have to deal with the aftermath of that but in this in this one mm-hmm. she's not letting go she's not accepting really of the end of this relationship yeah, so logically she she talks about the, you know, the 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 conflict between logic and emotion here. My head is saying full forget. Yeah, like that one episode of the Aladdin cartoon. Hey. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> yep. What happened in that one episode of the Aladdin cartoon? I'm pretty sure Aladdin's head gets removed and then his body, so it's like this whole thing where his head is like his brain of course, mm-hmm. and his his body's running off the heart. So they have to be like they have to work it out. Oh, okay, interesting. They're like, big, ah, big, big heavy ideas. His, 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 his head or his heart. Right. And they're physically separated. That's crazy. Also, his you body think- can't speak, so it just kind of like waves a sword around. Oh, that's fun. That's maybe the sword is a metaphor for the penis, but we can't get into. <laughs> I, the I'm, I'm sure it is. <laughs> um, anyway, yes. We're going deep on the Aladdin cartoon show. I never tuned in, man. <laughs> I didn't watch it much, but for some reason I remember that episode. Um, no, it but one. it's a it's a common theme in yeah. in in media of of um, do you listen to your head or do you listen to your heart? Do you do you listen to logic or do you listen to emotion? And she intends to listen to emotion. She completely like this verse has an answer to the to the question of head or heart, and says heart absolutely head. What are you talking about? Don't listen to logic follow emotion yeah. or that's what she follow decides emotion. anyway that's yeah and that's what she intends to do she she like a judge she hears out both sides and she she rules a verdict and that verdict is to to keep on the path of the heart here hopelessly devoted to you yeah to not let go which um, i don't remember what happens immediately after this scene but well she this is a weird we'll talk about the scene as a quote-unquote music video we could just yeah, talk about right. it now I mean, this. so she's at this, like, slumber party with the gals. They just finished making fun of her for being a a stuck-up prude. And then... Is it because she has a full, like, nightgown? uh, Yeah, a full nightgown. She doesn't drink. And she was like, I don't want to get my ear pierced. Oh, my. Oh, that's right. Oh, lordy, lordy. And so they make fun of her. And then the boys show up. And then Rizzo's like, fuck you guys. I'm going to go get some. And so she jumps out the window. And then I guess some of the other girls leave or go to the bathroom or something. And then one girl is writing letters to military men to score photos because she is a horn dog. She's like, I got a whole business here set up. I put a little bit of perfume on each letter. And in exchange, they send me thirst traps, as we would call them today, hot pictures. Maybe even <laughs> just regular pictures because it was the 50s. But, you know, you take what you can get when you're a teenager. So the then she, she gives one of these letters to Sandy. Why to de- to deliver it? I don't know. And to then also Sandy, write a letter to all. Yeah, this is like a as like a template for her to like. Okay, or is she supposed to sign her name on it and then reap the benefits? So she goes outside and she like holds the letters around and eventually dunks one in this little pool that's out there. <laughs> As she like mopes about this backyard. Yeah, she just kind of walks around and and sits down sometimes and stands up sometimes and sings her song. And one point she like leans on a oh what are they called a thing that Bandster? plants climb up of oh like a 
a lattice structure. <laughs> yeah, a lattice or a trellis. Trellis. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, with plants climbing up. So, and then, yeah, yeah and then yeah. there's, and then, like, right at the end, like you said, there's a pool. And she, like, walks up to the pool and you can see, like, the light reflecting off the pool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she, like, looks down and it's like, ah, oh, there's a kiddie pool. <laughs> Inflatable pool underneath her. Because it just shows the light. You don't see where it's coming from at first. You can no. just see that there's, like, water below her. That's right, Alex. So, yeah, that's, and that's, that's really, it's a very, very plain scene. I mean, it was the last thing they shot, right? And given the enthusiasm from the film production team for the song, I imagine it was pretty slapdash. <laughs> like, it was like, yeah, fuck, here's a backyard. Take the letter that we had in that one scene and, uh, I don't know, just fucking mope around. Just lean on things when you're sad. And one take, we got it. Like, I imagine it was a pretty quick wrap on this. Yeah, yeah, especially if it was at the end of production. Now, I want to jump back to the lyrics momentarily here. Okay. We talked about the extensive use of rhyming dictionary here. Um, There's not, like, a ton of rhyming in this song. That, yeah. Because it's like, we rhymed you with do wow and yeah i'll give him this though hide inside um out of my head rhyming with hopelessly devote ted to you that is a good one that's pretty good yeah but otherwise i'm yeah again i find myself confused as to where the rhyming dictionary helped was necessary yeah probably the thesaurus and even then like these aren't like super complicated words or anything. Yeah, this is pretty plain language. Which, it, like, it sounds like it that's... would come from a prude. Like the 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 heaviest stuff is hopelessly devoted. Like, yeah, maybe that's it. I don't know. Yeah, that, he was just like, I need a word for like really in love with, <laughs> like really committed to. So yeah, I, I I I'm perplexed by that statement, but he says he spent a lot of time on it, and I'm not a songwriter, so hey, like... yeah, I'm not gonna fight him on this. And you know what? The end result is still good. So yeah. good job, you got an Oscar nom. What do you want from me? So that's the lyrics, and that is of course the scene in the movie. So now we just have to discuss the instrumentation, which of course I've already talked about a bit. Big country Alluded guitar to. hook on this. Yeah, this like slide guitar thing. Mm-hmm. Which right off the top plays the like main riff or main melody, I guess. Yeah. We'll call it. Which is also how she sings hopelessly devoted. Yeah. So that's in there right off the bat. Yeah, so to the song's credit, it is like a very fifties styled country song true it's it's tight you know i mean mm-hmm. it's 305 exactly yep. follows the entertainer rule we, did it. we should we need like a a sound drop for that where we just get the synth open <laughs> that would be perfect maybe i'll slip that in we'll see but yeah so it follows the entertainer rule yeah it's a tight 50s country and accompanying that uh that is this i think like high guitar arpeggio you can really hear the high note of this boom it might even just be two notes yeah i think it's just it might just be in one note it could be just kind of pulsing yeah just like coming on and off of the 
the note there. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. The song feels a bit. I I think it's in six four or something like that because it's like. Okay. Yeah. 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 Could be three four. Twelve eighths. Probably not. Um. Something, but yeah, it feels like three. Yeah, three feel. Um. And the structure of the song itself. Uh, I mean, we've already talked about the lyrics, but to kind of go back to that a bit, not anyway. um, It's very like pop focused as a song, you know? Uh, Mm -hmm. There's there's two verses. The first one is twice as long. Then they do chorus, verse, chorus. Like it's it's tight. Oh yeah, just the structure on it. Yeah, yeah. Familiar structure. Very like yeah a b a b like yeah and like doesn't go crazy out there doesn't have a solo or anything or like even really a like a middle eight slash bridge section just does yeah it just has second chorus goes harder is all it does really it's like boom first enhance for the second take us out like yeah it is it is like a textbook pop song yeah and oh, of course, pick up a bit between the two halves of the first verse. Like yes. that's that slide guitar in particular plays in yeah, between and, and then plays a bit at the end. Strings come into the there second are verse, strings, yeah. which first join in the chorus. So yeah, these are all like you listen to just about any episode of Cover Me, the greatest podcast about cover songs. Yeah, and we'll Certified. probably talk about we typically talk about this concept of just like slowly add things in, get louder near the end, and then finish off on the chorus, like. So, and this yeah. is, yeah, this is a textbook. It's textbook. It's to the point where even the verses are just arpeggios on the instruments. Yeah, very simple. Just playing, yeah, on, like, that guitar arpeggio. Another big move um, is the transition into the chorus. Mm-hmm. Um, cuts out. It starts with, but now. Right. And that's, like... She sings that without, like, just on her own. She's solo there for a sec. But now. And then everyone comes up, there's no. Yeah, and you get the drum roll in. Yeah. Drum. Yeah. And then. Yeah, that's that's a good transition, a good way to flip that energy. And uh, and then a bunch of, there's, like, backup vocals. Yeah. They're not, they don't exist physically in the movie. They're on the track. No, yeah. But like we said, she's just solo in in the backyard or whatever. Yeah. And funny the pe- if there was like birds that came yeah. in and sang that. Disney princess. Um, and then the, there is piano. They get those like da, 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 piano, like pop piano. Oh, chords. yeah, yeah. Classic. And like those are the elements, really. Yeah. Um, then there's a bit. the Well, the slide guitar plays again. It kind of echoes the melody after. Yeah. She sings it, uh, which is kind of what it was doing before, but she wasn't singing it. So that's right. Um, it's kind of it. Yeah, it's like very, very traditional structure um, and pretty straightforward things like building and all that. Yeah, and a little, a little country, a little, not like yeah, too it, much, and just enough to get it on the charts, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, one thing that I, I can't comment on this song but i'd be curious to maybe try to think about or look up is is like how well it actually fits in with the rest of the songs because i never Mm. 
since I've seen Greece, I or when I saw Greece last, I definitely wouldn't have been thinking about it. And now it's almost like too ingrained. It's like, of course, that's a song from Greece. Right. It's always been in Greece, but it hasn't always been in Greece. And it was written since it was written later. Maybe it feels a bit different. That's something I can't really comment on. And yeah, I can't comment on that because I did the research before watching the movie this week. Right. So when it came up, that was all I could think of. I was like, this was written <laughs> after yeah. everything else. But I will say, like, like it is, it is an outlier in the fact that it's not hitting that 50s rock and roll vibe. But True. True. It is still hitting that 50s vibe, I would say, in its, its country pop style. Yeah, I mean, you, t- you talked about Skeeter Davis, which is maybe a little bit later. but Yeah, but is that it is like also... Is it like 50s? I don't know, but it definitely has an old school feel to it. So for us yeah. now. So it's like, I think, and it, yeah, especially as time passes, it becomes more and more like, you know, it blends in more and more. Yeah. Further back time goes, the more compressed it gets. Yeah. And I'm, people at the time didn't complain. They weren't like, what's this modern piece <laughs> in yeah. Greece doing? So I would say it is. I would say it's it it blends in with the rest. And given that the film is in some ways just like a, a sugary treat, like a lot of the reviews are like, oh, it's great, movie candy. It's a sugary treat. Like, it's just like, ooh, pop yeah. music, one after the other. So this, in that sense, like we said, this is pop like yeah. by numbers, basically. It so works. It works. I, I would say, my guess is, I can't say definitively, but I think it was, I think it was kosher. I think it was in line yeah, with... Yeah, it's uh, not... Like, if it stands out, it's like a bit. It's like if you analyze it, you're like, well, this mm-hmm. is a little, like... It's not like sore thumb standing out, you know? Yeah. It's where you can, like, you know, if you look at it and stare, you're like, oh, I can see where they restored the painting here. Or, like, I yeah. can see here's something got but ripped like, up a bit. If you stand from... You stand where you're supposed to stand a few mm-hmm. feet back. It's like, no, it looks perfectly normal. Yeah. It's completely natural. Um, Yeah, that's the song, though. Pretty, pretty friggin' decent song, I'd say. Yeah. It's not. It's. I mean, we've advanced in terms of music technology. True. Yeah. It's not the most exciting pop ballad, like pop country mm-hmm. ballad, to me. Oh, for but sure. Like, I'd say I'll still ones. I sing along to that chorus. You know. Oh, she yeah. really gives her on the chorus. Yeah, and so. she's got a great voice. And what we'll find, or at least what I found putting together the playlist for this week, is that so many versions of this are basically just karaoke. Because it's just like hit that same instrumental track because it's not that important. Like we've just talked about, it's arpeggios sure. and some slide guitar. And then here I am, the singer now. Uh, ta da, a new cover, a new version has right. <laughs> released, a new challenger and it's approaches. Like, it's iconic enough, too. Like it was a pretty decent hit, not plus the movie. Mm-hmm. Like this is, this is well known. Yeah. So it just, in terms of pure pop culture staying power, it's. It's just there. It's going to be here for a long time after, especially mm-hmm. now that Olivia Newton-John has unfortunately passed. I already saw there was a live version by somebody recently. I forget who, but much the same way we're coming to this song now, musicians are coming to it for similar reasons. Yeah. That said, we do need to talk about these covers, Alex. We do. We got to talk about them, and we're beginning in the year. Let's jump I, in. Yeah, let's jump in, as we, <laughs> we always say. Uh, I feel like you're 1998. Like I in a while. It's, yeah, it's been, I think, because previous guest Emily uh, told me, like, called me out for it once. She's like, let's jump in. I was like, oh, fuck, do I say that every time? 
Uh, yeah, but now well, what I do is, speaking of X or Y, let's do Z, and that's kind of bring it back. At least that's bad. Yeah. I don't know. Like it's that's more of a, a structure. It's less of like a a transitional phrase in itself because you have to fill in X, Y, and Z. Right. And there is a little more creativity involved, even if it is a template. Right. You still yeah. got to fill out a Mad Lib. Yeah. Exactly. Um. Speaking of. Speaking of farts. <laughs> It's, yep, speaking of farts, here's the <laughs> Olivia Project in 1998. Yeah, the Olivia Project. So I couldn't find a whole lot about the Olivia Project. Essentially, it's all in their name. They're Olivia Newton-John cover group. Yeah. But also other Olivia's? No, not actually. But they could be. Wouldn't that be crazy? They do <laughs> trying to think like... of other Olivia's. Olivia. There's a recent yeah. Olivia. What's her name? Olivia. Rodrigo? Yeah. Hey, there's a musician name. Maybe. There's a famous person's name. Olivia yeah, American Rodrigo. singer-songwriter. Yeah. Recent. Yeah, maybe they'll get yeah. back together for uh, some Olivia Rodrigo. <laughs> so for some of that. Anyway. Um, but yeah, this is... Uh, it's also, I think, the name of, like, her, of, like, some beauty pro- products. Not hers, Okay, actually. not That's hers. That's different. That's unrelated. Um, unrelated. But what is this song? This is kind of a weird dance remix. Okay, you went, you said dance. Well, electronic. I, I think, I guess, yeah, there is electronic to it. I thought of it more of as, like, a an R&B cover, like a 90s R&B cover, but done by people who aren't R&B musicians. Yeah, I guess so. It's pretty slow, I guess, for a dance remix. So maybe dance remix isn't really correct. Um, but it does. It has a weird feeling to it, and I think the reason for that is the timing, because they yeah. kind of turn it into four four. Yeah, and like yeah. It, it, it's a little off kilter because of that, or like it's different anyway. Um, yeah, and the other thing with those drums is, is it introduces a rhythm that is and a sound like auditory it's not sleigh bells but it is fitting the sleigh bells form and structure so <laughs> right yeah there's a ton of like synthy things in this i said dx7 but it's really just like polysynth i don't know if it's actually dx7 mm-hmm. um but there's a lot of like that yeah like chime or bell sounds yeah, from and a then synthesizer like that vibraphone Doom. yeah Doom. there's some transitions that are literally on like chimes or chime sounds like swept chimes yeah so one thing this thing has is like a weird to me anyway even down to her vocals like a kind of pop christmas vibe to it christmas yeah okay i can see christmas i didn't really pick up on it but it does have those sounds yeah and i hear it on a few of the covers so i'm like what is it about this song that brings out the christmas singing in people and or like what is it in my brain that is responding to that well i've heard I mean, we've talked about Christmas songs usually in December, obviously. Um, but and how they're very much—they purposely evoke nostalgia, mm. and that's a big part of Christmas songs. And I wonder if it's if it's somehow triggering that response. Yeah, well, I mean, Greece is a big enough pop culture phenomenon to trigger nostalgia towards. And yeah. I could see a band like the Olivia Project, who is nostalgic about Olivia Newton-John, 
pumping this piece full of nostalgia. Yeah. Plus, the song itself is about, I mean, maybe it's too recent for nostalgia in the context of the song, but it is singing about the past and how it was better, kind of. That's right. Yeah, she's hopelessly devoted to this guy who who she loved over the summer. Yeah, it's a bit of nostalgia in there. This previous time. So if they kind of work that in, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, we get all these like it's like very chill this version. You get yeah, like this chill really like guitar or something low. Beaten, bang, yeah. Bang, bang, bang. Um and yeah, just a bunch of synths. I already mentioned the glassy chimey bell type synths, but there's yeah. another one that kinda has this like electric piano sound and there's like ambient string stuff going on. Yeah. Um so it, it really feels like almost like kitchen sinky. And, and we haven't mentioned this yet, but there's like a sitar. Yeah, that takes up the transitions for the... Yeah. It takes up the country guitar roll, so it's like... So, there's a lot going on in this one. Yeah. And I think, conceptually for me, the idea of an R&B version of this, like a 90s R&B version, is a good idea. I think the execution here is not good. <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely a bit questionable. And there are times I kind of, it's quite, but it's also like, it's kind of inconsistent, mm-hmm. I found. Like there are parts of it that are like painfully generic, I thought. Yeah. And then there's a sitar. It's like, what's going on here? I, I know who, what fucking hurdy-gurdy man jumped in on the yeah. track was like, let me lay this down. <laughs> so... Yeah, it's it's a it's a strange cover, I think. Yeah, and yeah, like yeah, th- that sitar comes in, and since it's only there for like a bar or two, and then yeah. it comes back later for another bar, it's like, should we have more of this or none of it? Like, I think we need yeah. to decide. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit in between. Yeah, it's a weird one. It's yeah, weird there one. is a like an instrumental section on this one, a sort of middle eight, I think. I think it's between two choruses. Yeah, this one's a bit longer. Yeah, about 20 seconds. Yeah, uh, just like you said, kitchen sink, weird ideas, and and it comes together into an underwhelming chill piece. So it's like, we've got a lot of things going on, but nothing makes anything happen, right? It's like, yeah, it all but, contributes to not a lot. Yeah, it's a weird... A weird group, a weird arrangement. Um, and like you said, kind of maybe has this like nostalgia thing going on or at least Christmassy. Yeah. So there's something in there. There's something going on in this version. Yeah. It's difficult to parse. It is it's strange and it's a product of nineteen ninety eight. Different time, Alex. Yeah. Uh, we've got to move on though. We're hungry for more covers, and this next cover comes to us from Hungary in the year 2014. It's Full Moon, and fuck, I should have looked up the pronunciation of this woman's name. He? I'm out on my head, She's Vietnamese. Yeah. But also Hungarian. Hein or Heen. Um, H-I-E-N. Heen. Heen. 
I don't know. I'm so no sorry, idea. everyone. Anyway, uh-uh. so the setup here, Full, full Moon is uh, an acapella group from mm-hmm. Hungary. And uh, and she is also, she's a singer. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of, she's the soloist in this piece. And then they're doing basically all the backup stuff with their voices. Yeah. So it's interesting. These guys apparently are really responsible for bringing like pop acapella to Hungary, making it kind of a big deal there. So this is kind cool. of kind of the the first time we've talked about like real clear villains on this podcast. <laughs> uh, I don't know the first time. Well, but I guess yeah, they're 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 primal. They're primal. These guys are progenitors of uh, an evil. They spread this like. But that said, I didn't mind this version. I think uh, we're again we're talking about a fifties nostalgia piece. These guys said, "What if it's doo wop?" And it works because. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and like she's a pretty good singer. She does a good she's job a good with singer. the with the solo stuff. Um, it's a little funny that they're the acapella group and they they're like not doing the solo parts, but yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, it's good to know your your strengths, right? They're like, let's get a soloist on this. We know how to snap our fingers and make dumb noises with our mouths. Let's leave real singing to the professionals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like they do a ton of like harmonies and. It, Sounds sounds nice. I I didn't think it was much beyond just like pretty basic acapella version because the sounds they're doing are the sounds from the original. Yeah, and it's I think it is because it is not as much as it is pop acapella. I think they really are leaning on like fifties doo-wop understanding of acapella where it yeah, was the which simple I guess shit. Is a good a good thing to do. I mean, it works with the the movie. Yeah, and like the play. Um, Greece. So I guess you maybe need some some background, but um, that that makes sense. Yeah, it's so it's as much as it is not like yeah, like you're right. It's very simple, but didn't need to be anything more in my opinion. Um, yeah, and they're doing all the things. Yeah, I don't really know what else to say about this. It's like they make no, that, all the sounds. Yeah, that, you get that, that that guitar arpeggio. They got that. It's on voice now. That slide guitar, they go, wow, 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 wow. It's there. Wow, wow. Yeah. Bass? Oh, you better believe it's there. Oh, you better believe there's bass there. So, yeah, it's all there. Yeah. Yeah, good, yeah. Good job, guys. Good job, Full Moon and Associate. And Associate. Yep. So, next up, Alex, we've got a Juliana Hatfield in 2018. <laughs> Juliana. So, as uh, I understand it, the Hatfields are uh, long-standing enemies of the McCoys. It's a little bit of a little bit of Western humor for you. Okay, hang on. What are you talking about? That's like a, just a general like Western genre stereotype. The Hatfields and the McCoys. Uh, yeah. Oh. Go- Google it, you fucking loser. I didn't know that. It's not like a specific movie reference or anything. I think it's a specific history reference. <laughs> Oh, Hatfield-McCoy feud. Yeah. In Kentucky, West Virginia, and regular Virginia. That's right. Mountain Mama. Wait a minute. Does Virginia stretch further west than West Virginia? Uh, Some ways. (laughs) Huh. 
rural American families in the West Virginia, Kentucky area along Tug Fork. So, yeah, you can see Big on Sandy Wikipedia. River. Big Sandy. Big Sandy, baby. Sandy. That's, um, that's the name of the lady in this. There's a connection. So, yeah, it, there's a section just called media for this, this conflict, and it has film, literature, television, music, theater. Um, you can probably, there was probably, you could include video games in there. Cause I think Red Dead Redemption 2 has a very Hatfields and McCoys based probably. line in it. Hey, I completely lost the thread of this conversation. Why were you referencing Hatfield McCoy? Um, check the name of this artist again. Hatfield. Right. Got it. We got there, Alex. Yeah. She's um, a singer songwriter from Boston. From Boston. So not and West Virginia. Not West Virginia or Kentucky. And I'll be real with you guys. This isn't even a country cover. No. It's- so why did I bring that up? I thought it was clever, and Alex might laugh, but I didn't get out, it. Alex has never read a fucking book before, so never read a single book or played Red Dead Two. Red That's right. Dead, Red Dead Three, Red Dead Redemption Two, Red Dead Redemption Two. Yes, um, and even if you had, you wouldn't recognize it because there's different names for the families there. There, the, ah, I see. There's something else, but it's the same. Anyways. Listen, Alex. What's going on? Oh, yeah. What else? Is she she was in the Lemonheads, which the uh, Lemonheads. sounds vaguely familiar, but I yeah. don't know exactly why, but I looked them up and the album artwork is familiar, but I'm not okay. sure why. She's been part of Blake Baby, Blake's Babies, um, Some Girls, also the Juliana Hatfield 3, which sounds like a country name for bandits, but again, she's not country, so... Yeah, she's got that headband. Does that mean anything? Well, no, it just means she's a... A, a hoodlum. Anyway, she's been around for actually a while, like since yes, the nineties. She's a real working musician. Um, and and this is her version of this song. Yeah, what's going on in this one? Um, it's the original, but with amps. Yeah, it's it's got it's got more of a guitar focus, I would say. The original yeah. had guitar, but this one's like let's do all guitars and add some other guitar things. Um, but it still has like the slide sound and the arpeggio picking stuff. Um, yeah, and even that like that intro bit, that high note, she has expanded it to have more notes in it. See that Yeah, yeah, starts up with the arpeggio early on. Mm-hmm. And like vocally, it's more of that like kind of indie rock vocal. You get that lots of like multi-track going on there because some some of that compression. Yeah. Um. There's there's also a guitar that just kind of like follows the vocals quite closely it's a lot of stuff like a lot of guitars a lot of guitars um but i wouldn't say it changes the feel all that much but definitely sonically it's it's more guitar driven it really yeah it really just feels like we're doing a an an amped version of this yeah reverse of mtv unplugged like (laughs) it comes dangerously close to a guitar solo for like a second Yes. And then it pulls back. It, I have a timestamp. It's 129 where it's like guitar solo and then it doesn't. Let's see. Let me hear this. It was like three seconds. Or, yeah. But it's really just like plays a short riff. Um, there's another bit later on where it gets plays strings and yeah. they're, they're very like tape sounding, like weathered tape, almost like. Like they're using an old Mellotron or something. Oh, yeah. Which might be what they're doing. I don't know. Yeah, and um, verse two there. Yeah. But, so it's got some of that lo-fi stuff going on. Which you hear a lot in the, the indie rocks. Yeah. It's um, real, like... It's, it's, like, it's tough to make moves on this song for a lot of people. 
Because yeah. he hugs so tight to these arpeggios and shit. Like, because they're not changing the arrangement all that much, but they are. I mean, compared to the original, especially, there's mm-hmm. much more of a build. Like, if you yeah. look at by the time you get to the end, there's a ton of like stuff in the background. I think there's more vocal layers even, um, and yeah, just more ambient stuff going on. Yeah, really, I think you know what they maybe would have done good with a guitar solo there. You hear that guitar go off on the butt now with her, and it's like, I could listen to just that guitar yeah, noise. just a short. It doesn't even have to be long. But yeah, give me a little already taste. already a shorter version. It's only 250. Yeah. So, like, give a, give the guitar a couple bars to just do a little solo and something something particularly hopeless. Yeah, we just need some kind of change-up, something a little more to push this out of the the umbrella of the original a little further yeah but i mean that's good sounds yeah oh good sounds it's a pretty average cover i bet you the mccoys put out something better <laughs> hey, hey, hey um so good now cover sure alex let's talk about delta good trim in 2018 <laughs> Yeah, have we talked about Delta Goodrum before? Um, I believe she won best cover of I Believe in a Thing Called Love. Really? Yes. Wow. Wow. I can't remember that very well. I, I remember the name. So she's Australian singer-songwriter, actor. She's been doing... She had, like, a record contract when she was 15. She's, like, a big deal in Australia and probably other parts of the world. But that's, like, her, her big thing. Um, and her cover of I Believe in a Thing Called Love was like a soft, tender one that actually yeah. worked. And of course, we get pretty much the same thing here. We yeah, stripped this down we, the song, if you can imagine. At first. <laughs> yes. At first. I, I would say like there's more there dynamically because the start strips it down so much. And then there's mm-hmm. this like switch moment when they hit the chorus where it's like like oh it's vocals and guitar and now it's everything yes um like piano and strings and stuff Mm -hmm. um and that's the big move i think in this one is that moment for sure i think the the acoustic intro is good because of the later stuff so it gives like you said that broader range and we get some good tenderness on the on the vocals in the start there yeah We've got the space to explore the quiet, and then smartly we get the fuck out of that quiet, and we never come back. <laughs> yeah, and it's already like such a vocal focus. It does at times feel like there's like too much stuff going mm, on for sure along with it. And this is yeah, let's take it all away, and then bring a lot of it back in the back half. Yeah, and then it's like let Delta fucking rip on these vocals, and she does that. Mm-hmm. Um. But in terms of the arrangement of what's going on in the background, it, it feels like a pretty direct update to me. Yeah, this is like, yeah, you get some strings on this that are maybe even real strings this time instead of tape stuff. You get that yeah. same piano on the chorus the from the original. So, like, once you do get to that big stuff, it feels very big and it feels much more dynamic overall. But, like, once you get to that part, it's like, yeah, this is... This is like the original. Yeah, the the, the country guitar is back. 
And she's got that kind of pop singer voice where on this one I was like, yeah, she should do Christmas music. <laughs> You're just thinking about Christmas music, I, I think. I guess. I don't know. I was just like, yeah, as soon as the Olivia Project had it in my head, I was like, Christmas. There was a live version with Mariah Carey and Olivia Newton-John singing the song. Oh, yeah? That I looked at briefly. I was like, there's a lot of... There's a lot of like videos of this song live. Uh, a lot of these groups we're talking about don't have a music mm-hmm. video, but have like a live version. A live performance, yeah. A live performance. And I was actually, there's one, this isn't anyone we're looking at, but um, there's a version that she performed on the Donnie and Marie Osmond show. And I was mm-hmm. looking it up. I'm pretty sure Donnie and Marie Osmond almost played, or at least Mar- like Marie Osmond almost played Sandy. Okay. Or she was considered for it. So, I don't know if they knew that at the time, but... Right. There is some interesting, like, casting history behind some of this stuff. There is uh, the 33-year-old, they got to play Rizzo, yeah, for one. And then uh, there's... They were going to have uh, Elvis Presley play the role oh, of yeah. Teen Angel. Who I think is the guy in the Beauty School Dropout song, is my understanding. Yes. Okay. Right, PG School Dropout. Yeah, I forgot about that song. That's a, that is a song in this film, and so then, he, of course, Elvis Presley died. But interestingly enough, there is the song Sandra D. Look at me, I'm Sandra D. Yeah, where they make fun of her. They in the original Broadway version of that, they mention a certain guy. His name's like Sal something, but they're like, we need to take out that mention of him because he died. Let's switch it for Elvis Presley. They recorded that, and then Elvis Presley died. He died immediately. <laughs> well, it's cursed. The song is cursed. It's cursed. It's a cursed song. Don't get mentioned in Beauty School Dropout or whatever. Sandra or Sandra D. Rather, yeah. Don't get mentioned in Greece. You'll probably live a better life. Yeah, just. Yeah, stay away from Greece. Stay away from Greece, brother. It's just, but it's just, it's just bad luck. It's bad luck. It's bad. It's no good. Yeah. Um, and she does a high ooh at the end. She goes, Hoo! that's her finisher. Jumping back to Delta Goodrum here. That's right. She jumps up into that. Falsetto. Which Wait, also the Julianne Hatfield. Someone else um, does that. Yeah, so Julianne Hatfield did it. I don't think the original does it. I wonder if there's like a single version where she does it. Or something. Oh, actually, no, she does it on the original. Too. Oh, she does. But some of them don't do it, I feel. Um, but you know who doesn't yeah, do a lot, but it. also has the longest version here is Pig. Pig. Oh, we talked about Pig before. Nineteen seventy-nine. Yeah, that long ago. Feels like an eternity, but it was just one yeah. summer. Just one summer. I mean, that's that's the story of Greece, right? How one long summer can be the most meaningful thing in your life. Feel like a hundred yes. years. That's what's going on here. Yeah. Pig. Who's Pig? Pig is Raymond Watts. Yes. English musician. Uh, this is his industrial music project. Yes, he's one of the founding members of. KMFDM, which is uh, a German phrase that I forget. Yeah, it, it I means don't something remember. like we are the founding uh, people of. No pity for music. the majority. Right, that's what it means. <laughs> but yeah, so he he's a, he comes from a like one of the big industrial groups, and then he goes on to do his own industrial project, which is this. Um, this is from the same album, I think, as the 1979 cover. I could be wrong on that. I am, in fact, wrong on that. 
Yeah. So don't listen to me. Listen to this, though. Imagine just taking this song and basically just slowing it down, and that's it. For the most part. For the most part. Um, and then, of course, the big th- feel, difference in feel is his singing. Yeah. Um, this is actually the first and only. Yeah, this is the only male vocal. That's right. That we're going to talk about today. Um, I mean, obviously, Full Moon, but they were backups mostly. Yeah. Um, and it's it's not terribly melodic, I would say. He sounds like he's singing like way below his range or below his range, kind of. And he's kind of forcing his voice to be down low. Yeah, it's yeah. mine. So, not so yeah, the first you get that real like fry and it's very like it doesn't always feel sung, you know. Um, yeah, and which just, is similar to what he did on 1979. That's, that's true as well. That's kind of his vocal style. It goes for that vibe. At first, I was like, this is like Johnny Cash's Hurt, but then I think it's more like uh, like kind of dark Iggy Pop stuff. Yeah. Vocally. Yeah, it has more of an Iggy Pop feeling to it, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's very slow. It almost like, particularly when he starts singing, he start starts to feel like grimy almost. Yeah. This version Sludgy. is like, what if Hopelessly Devoted to You took place in hell? Yeah, but also like a lounge in hell. Like, yeah. Like it's hell lounge music. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. Because everything is slowed down and then like kind of pitched down a bit. So you get almost note for note the original. But it's not like... It's like... It's a nightmare. Yeah. In hell. In um, hell, yeah. And then and then the other big change up is his choruses, like the, the harmony on the chorus, basically. Right. Where it starts to get this heavy distorted noise. And I think it kind of does like the vocals double up, and I think it actually does a thing where it like pans it hard to both sides. Right. Yeah, there was something weird going on when I was yeah. listening to that. I was like, what the something fuck is like this? That. Um, but it definitely feels like it moves left and also right at the same time to me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the other big, the other big difference is it's like distorted guitar sounds just kind of in the background. Also, I also said it feels greasy, which is just kind of a <laughs> synonym, but that fits in with the whole movie. For sure. Thing. Um, but, there uh, is something about the chorus too. Not only greasy, but with the like kind of big show tune instrument vibe in the back, because there's a lot of big notes. Like mm-hmm. you could almost picture like little like Jim Henson creatures singing this. Jim Henson creatures, <laughs> yeah, especially with the voice, right? Like he's yeah. doing kind of a voice that wouldn't be so unusual coming out of like something in like Labyrinth or yeah, like, exactly, like some kind of Muppet. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Definitely. So this one, this one's interesting. I'll give this the one Muppets the go to hell. Stamp. Muppets go to hell, and I'm sure it would look like a lounge. Yeah, absolutely. Um, or at least there would be one scene in a lounge for sure. I mean, it's the Muppets. Yeah, and it's like a choral on that chorus. So you got this grumbly goblin up front, and then kind of legit backing vocals. It's such a strange version. I think at four minutes and a half, it kind of overstays its welcome. But long, at the right? same time, I think it wanted to. I think <laughs> like it's, it's supposed to be uncomfortable. <laughs> trying to be pleasant. Yeah. Yeah. 
No, I, I, uh, that wouldn't surprise me. That wouldn't surprise me. I didn't think it was, like, too terribly long, but maybe I just kind of zoned out. Sometimes that happens. I zoned in. I was like, what the fuck is going What's on going here? On with this? Yeah. No. This, I mean, it's, it's all, it's, it's cool. It's weird, but it's cool. It's, yeah, I liked it. And, of course, on this list of songs that are mostly just, like, let's be tender and really take this yeah. song at face value. It was, a, it was a really nice change in tone. Yeah, definitely sure. a palate cleanser. Yeah. Getting us psyched up for the last two covers. Absolutely, yeah. And you got, like, organs and shit on this. It's definitely a version worth throwing on because it is confusing and strange. Yeah, without necessarily totally changing the atmosphere. Like, it would kind of fit with other slow songs. Yeah. And, like, these sorts of ballads. But then, like, yeah. if you start to listen to it, it's like, wait, what's going on here? Yeah, it's got that, like, audio quality of a record being played at the wrong speed. Yeah. 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 But enough about that. We're going to talk about something completely different. Very Uh, different. Very different. Mariachi Entertainment System in 2019. Yeah, I mean, the name kind of reminds me of Miami Sound Machine because of the three words and the system machine. You know. Right, but of course, they're an obvious uh, tribute to the Nintendo Entertainment System. Oh, right, because they do video game covers. They do covers. video game covers. I did see they had a pretty decent version of Dragon Roost Island theme. Ooh, from that I would like to hear. I, yeah. I watched them perform this live in a backyard, which at first I thought was just because, you know, that's what they had access to. But then on second thought, I was like, well, maybe it's because the original song takes place in a backyard. Maybe. I didn't notice that they had a, a live video of this one. Well, they actually. do have a video of it. It's. I, I don't think it's technically live. I think it is a music video, but it, it oh. just is meant to look like a live oh, performance. Oh, no, I do have it here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And this is, of course, mariachi. So these mariachis, that's what the video is great for, too, is showing the instruments being played. Yes. And those are cool. They're cool, like mariachi instruments. They got that. What's the giant guitar called? I was going to ask you. <laughs> I can't remember. Um, big mariachi. It's called like big old bass or something, isn't it? Like, yeah, something like that. Uh, guitar run. That's what it is. Run. That's fucking rad. Yeah, um, they're like yeah. massive, massive guitars they play in mariachi. Yes. So you get a lot of guitar run on this. Um, you get horns on this. Critical, you get those goddamn horns. Oh, yeah, walk. you gotta have the horns. Mariachi. You gotta have the horns. They bring um, the us horns, in, man. They, yeah, they replace the, the slide, and they got that, you know, they got a pretty smooth feeling to them. Mm-hmm. Um, cool, cool stuff. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's a mariachi feel, you know? Mariachi feel, um, and I think a lot of mariachi from my loose pop culture understanding... You know, it's often played, it's often shown in TV shows and movies as being played at restaurants to couples. So there's a lot of romance in that, right? Right, yeah, so the ballad feeling definitely works. Yes. Um, And, yeah, I I mean, it's a cool sound. We don't often hear it, so, like, maybe if we did more mariachi, it's like, this wouldn't be impressive, but I, Mm -hmm. I, I just, I like to hear it every once in a while. You know? For sure. So I can't speak to the the authenticity, the skill level of this. It might be as cliched as the original song itself is cliched in, in pop structuring, right? Yeah, yeah. But 
to my untrained white ears sounds pretty good i like yeah strings. sounds it's pretty like, cool. cool it's got all it's it's i mean it's it's a good like genre conversion mm-hmm. where you know it has all the elements that make me go ah mariachi and and replaces the pieces of the original with those without being yeah. like so out there yeah exactly it's yeah it's not outlandish and like especially when you get to those verses because it's basically like a rhythm guitar and some strings so you're just like well, yeah this yeah is just... a lot of the time but the punch on those horns and just the like flavor those things have is is like it coats everything in mariachi you understand it then you're like okay this is mariachi <laughs> again it, for my untrained ear it is um, and I will say here as well, she also sounds like she's got a Christmas singer voice. That's I'm sorry. It's hmm, <laughs> suspicious. Very suspicious. But uh, that's the way it is. So I watched the video of this, and they do they do like a little uh, bookend thing where the guy's like, hey, thanks for listening. You like this. Listen to other songs, yada, yada, et cetera. And in the back, they're playing a Mega Man 2 cover they do. And it oh. sounds pretty fucking good. It's... <laughs> so listen it looks like they mostly do video game music but if you guys are looking for uh, you know a, a different take on some video game tracks and also hey they do a cover of take on me i'm looking That's just cool. at the album this is on the single it's on so they got some interesting stuff we might try to sneak them on a later one see if we still like them yeah Ooh. yeah um now i mean pff, things i don't like are the band scary pockets i was like well they're not on this list fool me i put on stories in the year 2020 stories a scary pocket story i'm out of my head i'm hopelessly devoted yeah project whatever yeah project. i know i looked it up immediately it was like from the people who brought you scary yeah, pockets from- <laughs> i was like what if jake noticed <laughs> nope, it, it slipped right by me. So yeah, from the team I wrote, from the team behind Scary Pockets comes an even worse project. <laughs> um, yeah, they, it's their like stripped down acoustic covers project. Yeah, yeah. Which honestly, saying that word out loud makes me like, like gag a bit. Yeah, it's. Um, like the reason you have acoustic covers ultimately there's is one to enhance like the the personability of it the like the one on one the singular feel and two you don't have a fucking budget or friends oh yeah they definitely have a budget <laughs> and friends and friends there's three singers three on this women track. that they've corralled into a studio i wonder if there's some Public kind of like players. Yeah, these guitar players, like the Pied Pipers, seduced these women into an audio room and compelled them to sing this. Um, I didn't hate it. It's the song itself. It's, it's very pretty yeah. sounding cover. Sure, yeah. And again, like it's a vocal showcase song, even down to its core roots. It was a contractual obligation. Yeah. So showcasing yeah. the vocals of Carly Palazzo, oh, Palazzo, sorry, Nikki, C- Nikki Seagal or Siegel and Liliana de los, de los Reyes Which, is. I couldn't find a lot on them. Other I couldn't than either. Singers. Um, although I found this backstage profile for Nikki Seagal, who has her listed as. Age range is 16 to 34, and 
ethnically ambiguous. I don't know why there's ethnicities on here. That's, yeah, why are we bringing an ethnicity into this This equation? is a strange website. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, are you in some strange hate group site? I might be. Ethnicities. <laughs> ethnically ambiguous slash multiracial. Indigenous peoples. Latino slash Hispanic. White slash European descent. That covers a lot of ground, man. <laughs> she, she's a person of the earth, man. She's, she's one for the people. Um... Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It's got height and weight. I'm going to not look at that anymore. Um, but yeah, they're all singers, obviously. Uh, yeah. That I don't know from anything else. Of course. And this is why they're on this. This is why it takes three of them to fill this out. Yeah. Because you need three of them. I was, like the, the concept of even their name stories implies that there's going to be a little like theater to it of some kind, right? A little bit of thought i mean it definitely doesn't have well yeah it doesn't have the the theater it it has it has nice harmonies and yep. then uh there's two guitar players and they're sort of uh both doing like a rhythm harmony part yeah like it's there's like, a strumming and there's also the arpeggios yeah it's like if you took the first part of the delta goodrum cover and said what if that was the whole song stretched it out yeah stretched it out over the whole thing i mean it's a pretty short song yeah, and it's pretty like it's, it's 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 a whatever, right? It's a song about being in love with somebody. It goes on for under three minutes. Everybody right. gets to sing their little lines and harmonize. The dudes get to yeah, play fucking rhythm. They sound nice. The sounds are good. It's not the most interesting cover. I don't usually yeah, go for this kind of cover. Good enough, but it it adds nothing to the song. No, yeah, having a a three part harmony. Like conceptually, I don't think adds much. No, I like. There's no to a it's kind of solo type song. Yeah, it's just like extra icing on a cake that doesn't need it. You're like, well, I guess it's there, but who yeah. cares? I got to scrape it off so I can get to the cake. I don't know. I like icing. No, I mean not this metaphorical icing. I, I, I got to like scrape icing. the cake off to get to the <laughs> icing. <laughs> like like actual icing. I do like icing uh, as well. Yeah. Listen, Doc. I. Pff, I'm just doc. a corner piece kind of guy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh yeah. Get that extra in there. Why yeah. would you want anything less? two sides of icing anyway well this this needed another side of icing this, it, that's exactly what it needed alex it's a it side piece one, it's not a corner piece it's not a corner piece it needed that extra kick um but what did we expect from the people who brought us chill funk comes fucking lifeless acoustic yeah yeah generally not not been terribly impressed with scary pockets so it's not a surprise that this is not terribly impressive either yeah but like yeah fine i don't know it's fine i am a bit soured just by where it's coming from i'll be honest yeah it's the where it comes from is if it was if this was you know we've fucking torn apart children on this show if this came from some 17 year olds i'd be like fucking right on on those harmonies and shit yeah like go get it like you guys are not blowing out the water but you're learning some techniques and doing things but this has come from fucking the king of patreon or whatever (laughs) yeah (laughs) jack the jack himself the Jack himself. The Jack, we call him. And he's just, yeah, it's not, not for me, dog. But before I crown it worst song, I have to tell you that it's the final verdicts. <laughs> we got three categories yep. today. The worst version, the best version, and the version that you would use for a, a, a breakup. You, you getting broken up with, which one of these are you throwing on and singing along to? Best breakup track. Best breakup track. 
Um, Alex, what is the worst version of this? I can tell you mine. It's stories for all the reasons just listed. Yeah, uh, that's what I suspected. My, I think for mine, it's it's actually Full Moon. I, I wasn't really terribly impressed with the acapella. I, I don't. I shouldn't say that. I mean, they're fine, but just the acapella concept in this. I don't know. It's it's a really straightforward cover. Follows the original really closely, and like they do fine, but uh, just generally unimpressed. Fair enough, Alex. Um, and they are villainous. They did bring Pop acapella to Hungary, yes, so they are villainous. Take a shot against them. The rain's coming down. All right. Uh. The rain's coming down, Alex. That's you coming down on, on yeah. uh, full moon, the of course. The metaphorical rain, but also the physical rain. I just looked out the window. Yeah, I um, imagine that's what it really yeah. was, Alex. Alex, that's your, your verdict. I think you're incorrect. I think it is stories. I thought full moon was okay, but... You know, we don't argue on this show. We don't know how to. We've tried it before. It doesn't work. I don't. I definitely don't know how to argue. I, I tried it this week. It didn't on, on go a, well. You tried it this week? What, who did you yeah, argue with? It's not, it's not, let's not talk about this on the air. Okay, we'll, we'll talk about it off air. It was a, it's a pretty brutal story, people. You don't want to hear it. Um, Alex, what's the best version of this? Uh, what is the best version of this? I think, I think my favorite was Pig. I liked Pig. Pig was really good. Yeah. It's cool sounds. Uh, nice switch up. Uh, weird feeling of i mean i i like your description of uh of the lounge in hell <laughs> run by a muppet um, yeah run by a muppet <laughs> which is uh i mean more songs should strive for that feeling i i think muppet yeah. lounge in hell yeah way to go pick. <laughs> yeah that's a stellar cover and i would choose it if i wasn't choosing it for the wild card category so i am instead going to choose i think the mariachi entertainment system yeah. A lot of the covers here are very simple. A lot very like not a lot of big moves. But I think the genre conversion on this, like you said, is like it fits like a glove. Um love those horns. She sings well. And it's a genre I don't get to hear very often. So it's it still tastes like candy to me. It's still very nice to hear. So Mariachi Entertainment System. Alex, your big breakup version. For me, I've already said it's pig because it's yeah, got it's that pig. just that unease, that discomfort, that lounge unease. feel. Everything you need for a breakup. What's the big breakup version? You know what? What? I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Juliana Hatf- Hatfield, cause um, oh, yeah, cause I just, yeah, I like to hear some guitars sometimes, you know? Yeah, it doesn't drop you all the way down. There's still some like. It moves along a bit, but you still get to feel bad. You get to be like, damn. I yeah. am and maybe I would you. also like to hear a guitar solo in there, but no, I think it works. You could play it, and then as it ends, you uh, you start playing on your own guitar, and you hit the solo. Yes. I'm not very good at guitar. Well, but yeah, but that's part of like the breakup vibe, is you're like, oh, I'm going to get back into guitar. <laughs> yeah. Then it's you perfect. play some yes. some shit solo and you cry even more and then but then it gives you something to do. You're like, put it back on. I'm gonna get it this time. So that that's the path to recovery. I yeah, think, Alex. keep it moving. Juliana Hadfield yeah. version. It's keep perfect. it moving. Beautiful. Great thoughts, Alex. Great picks, except for your worst pick because it should have been stories. Conflict. We're doing conflict now, yeah. folks. No, your decision's wrong. Not a chance, Alex. But good try. <laughs> ah, gotcha. Ah. Ah, uh, doggone it, I tried. <laughs> and that does it for our final verdicts. If you've got a different opinion, a similar opinion, want to talk to us about a version we didn't talk about, of which there are many, 
Many, many, many, many, many. Hit us up on Twitter, hashtag CoverMePod, at Jake the Cressy, at some Alex Wise Guys. Send us your comments, questions, concerns, suggestions for future episodes. Uh, yeah, you can do that same thing to us by email. That's CoverMePod at gmail.com. Send us the stuff there, and I'll be sure to rate and review us. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, the other podcast apps. We're there, and if they allow you to review us, do it, please. Put in, a, put in a five-star review and then put in a suggestion for what we should be doing to make the show better or something. You don't have to be like five stars. This is the greatest show ever. You can put five stars and then say, hey, guys, I actually hate the show, but I believe in idiots being able to speak on microphones. So thank oh, you man. for that. Like you can just support the freedom of speech that goes on here. You don't have to like <laughs> us. Just give us the five stars, man. That's all we need. And we, we take feedback. Just platform us. Platform us. Please, for the love of God. Uh, and of course, you are a marketing budget, as you know. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your enemies, tell your teachers, tell your loved ones. Tell the high school students who look like adults. Tell them all. And as we always say on Cover Me, because this is the end of the episode, and this is what we say, I'm not the first to know. There's just no getting over. Cover Me.